Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we've got Lauren on, who is an interior designer. Hi, Lauren. Hiya. How are we? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you very much. How are you guys? All good. Happy well, Thursday. Um, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you actually do, Lauren? Yeah, of course. So I am the creative director of uh, Lauren Kaisley Interiors. So I set up LCI uh, six years ago. And we are an interior architecture and design studio. And how did uh, how did you get into that kind of world then? Yeah, so I was having a little think about this. I um I have always loved interior design, genuinely, since I, as long as I can remember. But my mum actually said to me the other day that she used to tell me when I was really young that she um used to tell me if I couldn't sleep I should go and decorate my bedroom in my head and then that would make me fall asleep so I'm <laughs> sure that's where it started but then scroll on 10 years and I'm in sixth form and I would come home and re-wallpaper in my bedroom <laughs> so I am absolutely in the right job that backfired on your mum a bit then yeah exactly especially <laughs> I think I came home one day she came home from work one day and I repainted her Welsh dresser without her realizing <laughs> they're not easy jobs to come home and just wallpaper your room I know but I used to uh, I'm one of four I'm the eldest of four and I would send my siblings out for the day at the weekend and and go to home base in my car and then I don't know completely redecorate their room and then they would come back and I'd do a big reveal so I'm definitely in the right role (laughs) so you said uh, you going through sixth form you used to enjoy doing some interior decorating at home but where did you sort of make the decision to go down this route were you able to study at a uni or something yeah absolutely so I did um interior and spatial architecture at Chelsea College of Art and Chelsea College of Art's part of the University of Arts London so the same um network as London College of Fashion and Central St Martins so it was an art school I am very much come from an art background I love to paint and just enjoy art in all its forms in general. So I think I always kind of lent myself to a creative role. Um, but yeah, so I, I studied that in um, and graduated in 2008. And then I didn't get straight into interiors. What, what did you do? Yeah, so, uh, well, I mean, I'm, yeah, so basically I... Um, I graduated and then right in the middle of the recession and I was working for a luxury brand at the time while I was at university and I continued that role I continued that job in central London um, and I ended up staying in events uh, for project management for about five years until I started to um, work in interiors and I made the, the leap myself. What was it about doing uh, doing your own thing that enticed you into it? I think I've always wanted to work for myself. In fact, um, it's very much family orientated, but my dad sent me an email uh, only about a few years ago that I'd sent him when I was 19 saying, am I ready yet? He always worked for himself. And and I, um, he was like, absolutely not. <laughs> you, need <to> go, <laughs> you need to go and get some business experience and um, and actually work in an environment. So, um, so I think that the kind of the fact that I work for myself or set up my own company has never daunted me as such. It's always been something that's really excited me. And uh, as we continue to grow, yeah, I can only feel, I just feel really good about where everything is going. So that's, that's a really, really good positive to it. So did you jump straight into interior designs industry with your own company or did you work for someone else in between? No, I jumped in wholeheartedly, just went cold turkey. So I was given an amazing opportunity, which I really appreciate is um, is an incredible thing to happen and quite rare. But we had a family friend and a family friend of his uh, gave me complete carte blanche to 
decorate his um redesign his apartment in central london it was overlooking tower bridge it was an incredible opportunity though it doesn't come around often yeah it's a good start um, yeah good start with no budget absolutely no experience actually in a studio other than pure passion and kind of determination that i was going to get it right but there was definitely some meetings with the contractor that i felt out of my depth and i think i lent on that contractor so much <laughs> in mm. that initial project but i would work i would go over to soho where my office was and i would work from kind of six seven o'clock in the morning at a cafe at the bottom until I could start work at my actual job and then I would work in that same cafe in late into the evening to get everything done so mm. I knew I was passionate about it because I was ready to get my head kind of get stuck in and it worked it really it really did I'm sure that I look back and think from a design point of view it was relatively basic but I've learned so much since then but it was an amazing experience that really made me think right I've got to do it now. Mm. So for those of us that are slightly uneducated on the subject matter, maybe what actually is interior designing? You know, what, what are the aspects that you class within that area? Yeah, I think this is a really valid point actually, because the industry at the moment is still not regulated. We have amazing industry bodies. So the British Institute of interior designers, for example. Um, But unlike Reba with architecture interior design still has a huge amount of kind of maybe disparity between what interior decorators are what an interior designer is and what interior architecture is so um i say that we practice interior architecture and design um we are kind of classic interior designers and I'll just kind of break that down interior decorators is somebody that comes into a finished room and maybe talks to you about what you would traditionally think of as interior design your color palettes maybe furniture styles fabrics and so on an interior designer um even though the connotation comes to it that most people would think that that's what an interior designer is, I would say goes into a little bit more uh, detail. So they might look into bathroom design or lighting or something like that. And then interior architecture is very much the practice in between architecture and interior design. So um, we concentrate on full lighting design, technical design, kitchens, bathrooms, hard finishes, anything to do with um things like the skirting boards or the architraves cornice work that sort of thing so for yourself are you sort of brought in as a consultant to big projects or are you uh, do uh, individuals come to you for to help re-architect their interior yeah, so we um, so I tend to stick on whole house renovations. So we don't work on a room by room basis. Um, we work on on large scale renovation projects, um, and we absolutely work with the clients and other key stakeholders that are involved. So whether that's working really closely with the architects, it might be um, working with the structural engineers, and being involved right at that beginning planning process of the renovation. Um, the projects could be nowadays they could be anything from building the house from the ground up, or they could be renovating a listed building a lot of my kind of natural aesthetic lends itself to historical buildings or listed buildings so I find ourselves working much more towards um yeah uh, that kind of um sub, uh, kind of part of the industry if that makes sense that um that really interests me so do you have to in the sort of aspect of interior architecture that you deal with um do you have to work closely with the construction industry 
um, and, and liaise with contractors like you mentioned in your first project? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a huge part of the business. So you, you need to be able to speak confidently with your client, but also really have that respect and understanding with the contractor. So I think it's a really key point in this industry. Um, I would assume that maybe if you're just starting out, you would think that it's a lot about picking out pretty patterns or color palettes and so on. And it, it's so, so much more than that. There's an unbelievable amount of technical um, technical aspects to each project, which we have to get right. We have to get right because it has to work. It has to be functional. It has to be safe. And there's so many rules and regulations which we have to work under. And I think it's really important that we work under and we work really closely with the contractors or the architects to make sure that the project is executed to a kind of level that we all want to achieve. So you said you're not regulated by Reba, but are you, you, you're, there's obviously regulations you have to follow just standard health and safety. Yeah, absolutely. Are, are there more things coming in for you to be regula- regulated? Yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, look, there are some really, as I said at the beginning, there's some great um, institutes and uh there are some really good uh, companies out there that are trying to get us more regulated and build in regulations. And you can get accredited with these companies. So you can be a bead registered interior designer, for example. Um, And that comes with uh, the uh, experience that you have maybe working in a studio or whether or not that comes from education, you'd build that through points. Um, So yeah, I think that um, it's really important maybe just for the fact that you need to be able to identify exactly what you're doing and when you're in a project of this size with kind of really large budgets you have to be able to um, understand that level of of safety that level of um, technical ability and um, and also like make sure you're covered with things like um, the relevant insurance and so on. I think uh, personally I'm very naive to to, to your industry I, I didn't really know much about it before speaking to you um and i'd be interested to see how much you value your degree that you did because i guess it's something that you can still just go into without a degree but how yeah. much do, do you value what you did i really value it because if anything it taught me that you learn so much on the job so um while being creative in this particular role is obviously so important you have to have a natural ability to understand space and how people live and and really be interested in in understanding like how a family might live in a residential house for example um the degree that I personally did was very technical it was very much um, focused around CAD computer aided design it was very much focused around internal structures and I think that CAD is an incredible tool and it's really important in this industry but there are also so many other aspects um, one of them being dealing with contractors or understanding the building um, the fabric of the building and construction um, and so and project management which I don't think is taught necessarily in a degree it's more about the creative side. What is your go-to CAD software for doing interior design? Well, I would say I think, but actually, we out, we just go to AutoCAD. But mm-hmm. we have a um, we have an amazing CAD technician that we work with. Um, so he follows and he works with AutoCAD. I, I saw Julie's eyes brighten up there. He's a bit of a geek with CAD. He's, he's an engineer himself, so he oh, loves exactly. it. So you know, yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's a really, really important aspect of what we do. So we have all of the technical plans in our planning process. While I retain all of the design 
for it, I then I must pass it over to our CAD technician for him to produce the level of detail and in the plans that we need to then produce for our technical drawings to the contractors or the architects and so on. So all your drawings, I guess, are 2D, but do you produce 3D models for your uh, customers? Yeah, so I um, we absolutely can do. It's um, Rendering is something which is, uh, it depends on the size of the project and also the client. It Sometimes clients really, um, they can visualise it and they can understand from the process that you're going through, whether that's the concept phase or the design development phase, exactly where you're going. And they also may not necessarily want to know exactly what it looks like because there's a nice element of surprise, whereas other clients might be really specific about wanting to understand exactly what the room is going to feel like or look like before you've actually even started on site. And that's where we would bring in 3D rendering. So how much have you seen the industry sort of develop in the time you've done it? Because I think nowadays there's a ton of sort of, uh, for want of a better word, grand designs like uh, shows on TV, you know, even down to, um, you know, the escape to the chateau kind of thing on, on yeah. channel four. I think there and, is an interior one now. Yeah, there interior is. Interior competition. The interior design masters. Yeah. Uh, and all of these things, and it's sort of almost become a regular thing on the TV and part of our psyche now that we, we really value design. Has, have you seen that happen through more work coming your way or, or things like that? Yeah, I mean, I think design has always been there. I mean, people's hope, people have always wanted to create an environment, haven't they, that they really enjoy their own environment. And I suppose it might be more towards the fact that the um, kind of level of DIY has has grown so much. So people can actually achieve so much more from doing it themselves. They can achieve um, things like, um, I don't know, they have access to so many more uh, suppliers and they have access to relative things like Pinterest which gives them really good inspiration and ideas to get their own DIY stuff so I, I've seen that change and then from a design point of view actually within this industry I've seen um, I've seen almost a, a slight kind of backtrack really and there's a separation so you have interior design studios like ourselves for example and then you get a lot of interior um, people who are really passionate about interiors that want to then maybe start an interior design business but might not necessarily know how to um, and really what what they are is, is amazing decorators they're amazing interior decorators so this kind of goes back to what I was saying about this three three prong um, uh, reg about being regulated about having an interior decorator interior designer and interior architects um so yeah i do i do think the industry is changing i don't know if it's necessarily for the better but hopefully soon there'll be more of an understanding about it because i think you're right interior design the word interior design covers so many bases and i think anyone that kind of starts up and just says oh i can i'm an interior designer and then multi multi million pound really like hugely qualified interior architecture and design companies are also using the same language you said uh, that you generally lend yourself to um, restoring old buildings, that sort of type of design. How do you sort of separate yourself from your own personal things of, I think this would be really good here and what the customer wants? It's really funny you say that. It's actually, um, so a lot of people say, oh, but what happens if someone comes to you and they want something really modern? But the, the amazing thing about um, these days is obviously you have platforms like Instagram and you have your website and so on. So uh, people are usually naturally warmed to your aesthetic before they even get in touch. 
So when they actually come to you and they want to work with you, hopefully that alignment is already there. And for me personally, my design process is heading into a space and I not only want to work with my own instincts about how I would live there, but I really want to understand about how they potentially would live there and then ad adapt the design to them. So maybe they're a young family or they're a couple or they're older. So we need to look at the ways that they might work around the house and, and what their personal interests are to make sure that the space planning adapts to all of those different environments. We, uh, I had a little scroll through your Instagram, obviously, when we were sort of, um, we first got in contact mm. and, um, me personally, your style is very much what, what I like. I, there's quite a lot of, you know, paneling and, um, mm. sort of pastel colors and it's sort of very much the things I like, but how did you develop your style? So I, I would say I was a country girl at heart, absolutely mm. through and through. I mean, back I mean first I'm talking kind of shabby chic style stuff really really long time ago kind of chintzy lots of fabrics and patterns and stuff <laughs> I've I've absolutely kind of matured and my my design style has um has matured with it if that makes sense it's really I feel like I'm at a really um I'm content about where our aesthetic is mm. so I would say that we are modern traditional um we I absolutely love old buildings I love historical buildings I love mm. character and that kind of traditional use of materials or whether that's working with artisans but it has to feel fresh it's got to feel modern it has to feel in the fact that you're using like a contemporary use of space for example but that's why we stick to the palette we do um I I never shy away from color but we work with color in a muted way so it feels timeless rather than going for a very kind of neutral and beige palette or a very bright and bold palette I feel personally that our palette that we work with will kind of resonate across many many different um sort of time and his and different types of buildings and so on and hopefully it'll still t stand the test of time in kind of 10 years time that's exactly the words I was looking for. What did you say? Tra modern traditional. Modern traditional. Is that That's it. Yeah. That's it. Because it's, <laughs> it's clean, but it's got that sort of cosy feeling to it. Yeah, I mean, cosy. My my friends joke, but they call me the queen of cosy. I mean, that is <laughs> through and through. So, I mean, for me, I'm a homemaker, absolutely through and through. Love to create environments for people for their home. And I think residential interiors is such an emotional journey that these clients are going on they have already like in, entrusted you to work on their home which is already so personal and for me that is my favorite thing about working with residential interiors so the moment that those clients who by that point have become kind of the, the rapport has been built up over maybe even one to two years you've got such a strong relationship that you care so much about when they walk back in as a family or whatever it is that they are so happy with what your team and you have achieved um, because you've created an environment that they want and they've always known that they want that but they didn't know mm. how to achieve it mm. yeah it's, it's a cool thing to be able to do I think yeah um, um, yeah. So how do you go about obviously running the business and you create these designs? Do you then go about uh, sourcing and helping the clients to source contractors to bring these to, to life? Because I guess if you create a design and hand it over to somebody else who maybe you don't know how they work, it could be a bit difficult. Yeah, I think it depends on the planning process. So initially, when we first started out, obviously, our projects were a lot smaller and our budgets were a lot smaller. And I worked for a long time with a contractor that I felt really comfortable with. And I knew that I could probably make mistakes, um, not 
necessarily costly mistakes, but maybe mistakes that because I didn't have that experience at that time, we outgrew that contractor as our kind of level of finish um, kind of grew as the company grew um, and our level of experience changed. Nowadays, our projects are of a size where we don't get the kind of luxury of choosing the contractor because we're working across multiple projects. So at the moment, we've probably got six or seven large projects that are, we're running. But I think that it's about having that mutual respect as soon as you meet them, working with a contractor that really understands the process of, of working with a design studio because it's not the same as working with a client. And then really making sure that you have given them all of that level of technical planning and technical drawings and the detail from the scope of works. That means that their job becomes a lot easier because you've given all the information to them in front of them. So what would an average day like? average day be like for you yeah I was thinking about this actually because um I thought today was actually one of those days where I would look back and go do you know what I love my job and that was a really cool cool day I mean it was a classic just normal day in the office but I started out by um driving over to one of our sites which is about half an hour away to check progress so we've had some really cool paneling being put in the kitchen and we had um I had a couple of conversations with the contractor while I was there on site then I um, came back and I had a Zoom meeting with um, the architects for a new project that we're just starting, which was really fun because they were talking to us about their kind of ideas and sketches that they've put together for um, for this particular project. And then they wanted us to give, well, for me to give my opinion, I suppose, on space planning and to make sure that we're aligned on the internals and the interiors of this particular project. And then I um, had a kickoff meeting with new clients. I liaised on the phone with the surveyor who was over at another project doing a full measurement survey. And then I spent the rest of the afternoon completing the design development for a really large country hall project that we have um, that is, is going to complete in the summer. And so I spent the afternoon designing. So it was really varied my day, but, but a good one. Yeah, that sounds quite good. I quite like me working in design i don't get to go out so much whereas i suppose for you you've got so many different areas going on with different projects at different times that you can be a bit bit all over the place but it makes it quite a well-rounded day absolutely makes it varied i am not good at sitting at a desk all day i wasn't good in a full-time office environment it really was one of the drivers for me as well to start up on my own um having that flexibility and being able to either go to site or obviously at the moment it's very difficult but we're having a lot of meetings on zoom and so on but usually you would be heading off to a meeting you might be meeting a new potential client you might be doing a site visit you might be going to see a supplier so it can be so varied your day can be everything from being in the office all day or being out of the office all day and how does that differ for you being uh, an interior architect as well as uh, a manager of a company yeah, so I would be really careful because um, we wouldn't call I wouldn't call myself an interior architect because of, of the way that architects are structured. So we practice interior architecture, if that makes sense, rather than um, than calling ourselves. I would absolutely still call myself an interior designer. Um, but I um, 
yeah, you have to tell me the question again. You know, <laughs> how does it differ being a designer compared to a manager of oh, the company? Managing of the business. I know the managing of the business is amazing, actually, because the, I mean, it really is twofold, isn't it? So being the creative director, absolutely retain all of that design element. So every time we look into a new project, the design starts with me. And then I have a team that work with me in the studio now, which we've grown into a team of five. And I'll have um, interior designers who um, then take the project and maybe move it to the next level before it's moved over to the project coordination department so that kind of runs really nicely and smoothly the business side of it is a whole nother job in itself so running a business um everything down to staffing and um, the studio itself and all of the the things that come with running a business is a huge learning curve for me and i've got an amazing support system here within my husband or my family and, and so on so I really um kind of lean on them as maybe directors of the company as well um especially the fact that my husband acts as RFD but I um, <laughs> I lean on them um, to have that advice and also have that kind of um that conversation away from your own staff I think it's really important um as we grow especially we've grown quite considerably in the last year did you find it hard uh, to learn and develop that sort of business side of running your own business? Yeah, def- I think I still am. I think that you you always are, especially in the early days. I mean, we're six years in, which um, may sound like a lot, a long, a long ish time, I suppose. Um, but I still think we're right at the beginning. I, I would say that we've just really just started to build a solid foundation on where I want the company to go. So we're still learning. I'm absolutely learning all the time about um, how to be a better manager, how to be a better businessman or businesswoman, how to kind of work the studio as well as possible. And then also understand and make sure that our projects are are running completely seamlessly and to the best that they probably can be. So how did you go about really building the company out and and building your reputation and and thinking about things like how to market it and, and all those aspects? Yeah, so marketing is a funny one. I feel like the interior design industry is it's so visual. So I think people come to you, especially things like social media. We're now seeing a lot of traction on Instagram. So we're we're getting a lot of inquiries and those inquiries might be um, they might some of them might not be relevant to us. And we can't work with everybody, if that makes sense, because uh, it might come down to budget or um, just it not being viable. It's a I don't know. I think we um, we've taken risks. Um, I'd say that I was naturally quite confident. So every time I've learned something in a project, I've grown. And I think the the company has grown with it. I've never been afraid to take on projects which were probably too big at that level that we were. And also, I think I understand from the industry that I worked in previously, and um, I've been fortunate enough to understand kind of a luxury industry as such and work with larger budgets. So that doesn't necessarily scare me working with larger budgets which I think has then um, meant in turn that we've been able to attract much bigger projects which have been amazing opportunities to work with these clients on these larger spaces. And for you what would be some of the biggest positives and opportunities you've had out of doing this? Well I mean I love working for myself and I love working in interiors so I think that's really really good but I think the best part about this industry is most people in this industry are really passionate about it and whether or not you've got all of the experience with project coordination and understanding all the different elements to interior design as such, you know that when you're speaking to another interior designer, they they probably, and I hopefully, but I think majority of people have got into it because they love creating homes or they love creating a space and it makes them feel really good. And so I think that's, um, yeah, that's lovely. 
What would be some of the uh, the less favourable aspects that you've uh, found of the industry, though? Yeah, um, I was having a think about this. So negatives of the industry. I think it, there's there's a couple of things. I think the interior designers as such still have a little bit of a maybe a, a strange reputation. Um, I think that it can automatically um, assume a certain type of person. If you think of an interior designer, I think that's a real shame. And I think also um, the actual interior design industry, it needs to be so much more diverse and welcoming to everybody. And I feel like that really, while there are some really great um kind of startup institutions which people are really trying to push diversity in the industry I think that there's a lot at the moment there's there's still a lot of kind of old-fashioned thought behind it and traditional thought and I think that needs to change quite a lot but I do see it changing yeah and uh what would be some personality traits that you see in yourself that you think have really helped you get to where you are you've got to be so organized you um you have to not it, the, the thing with interior design is that a lot of people think majority of your time is going to be spent designing and really that's probably about 15 to 20 percent of the time so the rest of it is organization it is um understanding project management understanding project coordination working with suppliers being able to work with the contractor talk to the client so having an ability to be really assertive in all of the areas that you're working with but also having that warmth especially in residential interiors to understand that this is somebody's home and so you have to be sensitive around that and we we like to talk a little bit about um what people can expect to earn in the industry and we we fired a few emails backwards and forwards about this um and we came up with figures between you can start as an interior designer in a company at maybe a junior level between 18 and 20,000 and then with experience maybe you're looking at 40 grand for a senior designer does that sort of sound right it does sound right. I, I definitely think so. Something like a studio coordinator role or maybe a um, a junior interior designer or FF&E designer would definitely start on something like 18 to 24,000, for example. Um, a mid-weight FF&E designer, anything really from 24, maybe up to 30. And then I think senior designers can really, you depending on the level that you're working at and the company you're working at, it can be really, it can be a great and favourable income for somebody in a good salary what would be something that you never expected to be dealing with whilst working in this industry well strangely I mean I've talked so much about construction but I don't think I really ever thought about the level of technical requirements that I would need to know um, when I'm designing so if um, say if we take bathrooms for example it is uh, it's not as easy as saying oh I would like to have a bath there and a toilet there and a shower <laughs> there and I think it's really important to understand that and especially things like lighting um, I mean I was chatting to my husband the other day and talking to him about the the back box with the drivers that are connected into um in into the lighting in this particular circuit and he looked at me and he was like my gosh you've changed and I was like I know (laughs) it's amazing but I think that um that's something that I really didn't I underestimated but I can now see of such value and importance to have that technical ability um yeah so if you were to go back before you started your company and uh, learn or develop a skill that you think would have helped you now would it have been that technical um skills yeah I think like what we said I think CAD is always going to start you off in a really great way if you've got a CAD experience then you can walk into a studio and say look I can add value here 
Um, it might also be a, a particular software or a program which is kind of known within the industry. And there's a few project coordination softwares that we use, which I think are also really valuable for people that are just starting out. If they could learn those before they go to a studio, then they're already much more attractive because they're working across the same language as the studio already runs on. And, and have you got any sort of, if people are listening to this and they may be at school or later, anything they can do to, apart from the CAD stuff, to make themselves stand out to you um, as, you know, as a potential employer of, of people getting into interior designing, um, that they might not be something they think about? Yeah, I think, um, so not having an ego, which is um, quite unusual, I think, in this particular <laughs> But I think it's really important. So I would pride myself on on maybe not having an ego in the fact that, um, especially when we were starting out, we I would do everything from make the teas to sweep the floor to doing all the jobs that might happen that before you can pass that luxury over to somebody else or you've in, engaged another company to help you to do that. But I think getting involved from the ground up is so important. There are so many aspects to an interior design project right from that initial concept stage to the day that you your clients walk back in and I think if somebody has that determination to work across all of those levels that that's again really attractive to an employer to think well they're going to help me on everything they might not have the experience yet but they've got the attitude and uh would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now absolutely I love it brilliant here well thank you so much for coming on Lauren I've actually we've really enjoyed this chat good thank you so much for having me and uh where can people find you on uh instagram social media your websites and whatnot yeah so we're lauren casey interiors we are um at lauren casey interiors on instagram and lauren casey interiors.com and where's your practice base lauren so we're in buckinghamshire so okay. we are in a little hamlet um just outside woburn in buckinghamshire and we've got a lovely big barn studio out there, but we work across the whole country. So we've got projects at the moment as far north as Northumberland and as far south as Cheddar Gorge on the border of, yeah, down in Somerset. So we work everywhere. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, so much for coming on. Thanks, guys.